Charles Leclerc had the Grand Slam. Max Verstappen had the Grander Slam. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. credit to our friend and yours cam buckley for that one hi guys welcome to episode 356 of motorsport 101 back out of a brand new episode for you and oh another fun weekend of motorsport here formula one and moto gp back this is the first of a double header first start we'll be talking about formula one at imola the emilia romagna grand prix of course and uh this was a fun one this was a fun one a lot of intrigue up and down the field to get into and some rain, because rain always makes things fun. Uh, so, you know, you, you can't go wrong with that at all. But it was Max Verstappen that would uh, lead a beating, an intense beating of his own after the one we got in Australia to uh, get back in the title race. We'll get to, through some of that in a bit. But first, let's go around the horn. First up, RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. I'm back from wine country. Uh, I, How was I, it, my I, friend? Uh, Sonoma Raceway was very pretty. Uh, the Golden Gate Bridge was every bit as majestic as I thought it was. Uh, I got drunk off of one glass of authentic Northern California wine and In-N-Out hamburgers. To our listeners who may not be from the United States, there's like a big territorial thing between like In-N-Out burgers being like the best on the West Coast. And I can tell you the burgers are really good. The French fries are fine. And that's about what was expected. Uh, no, I, I had a good time. I met some cool people. I met some less than cool people. Uh, and I saw some racing of varying degrees of okay to better than it had any right to be. Just like F1 and Imola. <laughs> Excuse me, that is, that is the Formula One Rolex Grand Premio del Made in Italy, a Delemia Romagna. I forgot the Made in Italy part. That was clearly the most important bit. <laughs> what do I know? Cam Buckley, how's it going, man? You know, uh, I woke up today thinking, man, what could possibly happen today on social media? And somehow, for me, Elon buying Twitter is the second biggest thing. Because Jesus Christ, Denny Hamlin. <laughs> <laughs> I love how... So for concepts, today um, Twitter agreed to sell all their shares to um, Tesla guy. Uh, Tesla guy. And yeah. we, we all hop in to record right after Danny Hamlin posts a family guy quip on Maine, which by itself would be pretty cringe until you realize that it's a family guy clip that contains very outdated and unfortunate Asian, anti-Asian stereotypes. And is tagged as the one Asian American driver on the field. <sighs> this was literally <laughs> minutes before we started recording this. Oh. What's our principle of NASCAR making the set list when something terrible happens? <laughs> the streak lives, everybody. The streak lives. Oh God, fucking damn it, Danny. Anyway, King, it's been a day, hasn't it? No, I'm just glad, man. Got through a weekend without an Italian dub. Ferrari don't win. <laughs> Ferrari don't win at Imola. Uh, no Italian cyclist wins uh, the the last of the spring classics in pro cycling. All in all, great weekends. Uh, Italy, try again. <laughs> this is what it would have been like, and I hate to bring up these old ones, but it, this is probably would have been like if Euro 2020 had gone a different way. 
Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Out of the four of us on this show, listeners, you weren't expecting that one from King, were you? <laughs> oh, dear. Hashtag stop Italian hate. <laughs> it's it's not coming to Rome. Not, not, not this weekend. Not this uh, weekend. Stopping Italian hate is apparently... Okay, we're, we're not going to completely stop Italian hate because there was one Italian constructed car that did well in Imola, Emilia-Romagna. Made in Italy. <laughs> Not the ones you're thinking, though. They they had a terrible Grand Prix. Valtteri Bottas, baby! We're all back on the Bottas mobile! Ah, we love it, you love it. Oh, yeah. Alfa Romeo, you love to see it. Right, let's get into Formula 1 and Imola. We will be talking a little bit about the Red Bull Ferrari flight. Max Verstappen, Grand Slam victory. Because what's better than one Grand Slam? Two already this season, and with four rounds in. No, nah, nah, he only has one this season. Leclerc has the other one this season. That's what, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. It's like a, two for the season already, in general. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like uh, Leclerc punches and Red Bull punches back hard in the second most amount of points ever scored by a team in an F1 weekend. We don't talk about that time Williams had double points in Abu Dhabi. Uh, but uh, we'll get into Red Bull's complete dominance of the Imola weekend and how we got to that point. We'll be talking about Mercedes because, oh boy, um, the people got talking and, you know, it's Lewis Hamilton. So there's bound to be some discourse regarding that man, you know, especially after finishing 13th on the road hey, on merit with no shenanigans. Oh dear. Uh, it's, uh, oh, what his teammate finishes fourth from 11th. Oh boy. Uh, we'll, be, we'll get into some of that as well. We'll be talking about the sprint format because it was a sprint weekend. The sprint is back. We were all so hyped for it. <laughs> yeah, the sprint is back, and we'll talk about that and how the 2022 class might have stepped up with that as well. And all about the weekend in general. It's, it's going to be a fun time over the next 40 minutes or so. But. In the meantime, as you can find us real quick, we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. By the time this goes out, there'll be a video from me regarding how I changed the sprint. It's a fun one. Check it out. We're also on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. If you have to follow our personal handles, you can at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, and at cbuckley 917 for cam all of our episodes, all of our videos, and our written content as well is available on our website, motorsport101.com. You can check that out as well. If you want some extra thoughts from me regarding Formula 1 and MotoGP this past weekend, and as well as all that on there as well, you've got access to our Patreons. If you want to back us on there financially at patreon.com forward slash motorsport1, you can back us on there to get some early access and other cool content as well. So, without further ado, let's get into the, sorry RJ, Made in Italy. Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix of Italy, or something like that. Uh, interesting Grand Prix we had once we mm. finally got going to it on Sunday. Uh, one side of the track just had no grip off the line. Uh <laughs> And by the end of it, Rebel Racing only lost a single point on an otherwise flawless weekend after Matt Verstappen scored not just a Grand Slam, a Super Slam. He won <laughs> the Grand Prix from pole position after winning the sprint. He led every lap. He set the fastest lap. He cut his deficit in the Drivers' Championship down to 27 points. And Red Bull 
are now just 11 behind after Carlos Sainz was taken out in the first lap, three corners in by Daniel Ricciardo. You see, this is what happens. A perfectly drivable car gets stuck and has to retire. Mm -hmm. This is why we need to bring back Tarmac. Oh, and then (laughs) Charles Charles Leclerc had a podium finish in the bag and then spun it late, and he had to fight his ass off just to claw his way back in his sits. So, Dre, Red Bull versus Ferrari. We got the one-two finish that mm. perhaps some people were thinking might happen, but not for the team that most people wanted it to have happen. So, what'd you make of this whole thing? <sighs> Has Red Bull ever looked this good? With both their cars over the course of a weekend. I can't remember. I mean, I had to do some digging here. Like, the last time Red Bull finished 1-2 in a race, you never go back to that Malaysian Grand Prix of 2016. You know the one. Um, the, the Team LH, feel free to tune out now. Um, on oh, that yes, one. yes. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Rude. not where they washing back then. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that, that's at Ryan Eric King on Twitter, by the way. Just thought I'd remind you of the uh, of the, <laughs> of the username there. Um, yeah, but, I can't can't wait to get all this hate as a Mercedes fan. <laughs> I know it's terrible. Um, no, it was it was ridiculous. Like Verstappen, I mean, outside of the sprint start where he had a pretty bad initial launch, virtually flawless the entire weekend. Fastest in Friday qualifying brilliantly handled the sprint to come back on better tires and, and beat Leclerc with two to go. Um, and then just completely dominated the race. You know, once, you know, once he led through turn one, no one had an answer for him, you know, rain or dry. As as we, as we got that transition in the middle of the race as well, <clears throat> 58 out of the 59 possible points for Red Bull on, on the weekend. I mean, that is ridiculous. One of the, like, for, for, it's it's wild we're still talking about a 24-year-old that now has as many F1 wins as Damon Hill. <laughs> 22. <laughs> and he's still 24. What's Damon Hill doing at 24? Not racing. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And when you combine that with Checo, who I love that Red Bull have now nicknamed the Minister of Defense after Abu Dhabi last year. Great nickname, by the way, Red Bull social media team. Yeah, that's his glorified rear gunner. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we want to talk about rear gunner narratives after this weekend. Oh, boy. Oh, but, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, like I said, the Minister of Defense held off Charles Leclerc superbly. I mean, Leclerc, you know, we all know has been going into this weekend. He's been outstanding. You know, title contender level. Um, and Checo did what he was paid to do. Keep, keep that man in red behind you at all costs. And it worked. Basically, bullied bullied the player into a mistake, and that's all you can ask for from Checo at this point. An excellent second, third in the sprint from him, twenty five points on the weekend for Checo. Like he Perez is starting to hold up his end of the deal as the rear gunner, and you can't ask for much more than that out of Red Bull. It's all of a sudden coming up a bit Millhouse for them at the moment. It's it's things are okay. It's not so bad in here anymore. It's uh, impressive. I mean. King, what did you make of it all? Yeah, I mean, admittedly, despite my um, cultural anxiety towards recent Italian sporting success. Oh, my God. (laughs) Deep down, I do want Ferrari and Leclerc to do well. And it 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 was a bad weekend. 
but they still have a race wooden hand. It's I, I didn't think you know earlier on this season they had two race wins in hand. Things have changed, but uh, it, it's clear that this that neither Red Bull or Ferrari are going to run away with this championship. That it is going to be a close. It's going to be a close, you know, year long battle. Can you describe this as having as a home defeat compared to Brazil getting bounced out of their home World Cup by Germany seven and one? Oh God! The the one goal that Ferrari got back during this quote unquote match was was the fact that Ferrari led most of the sprint race but didn't win it. Yeah, but they don't give out a bonus point for leading the most laps now, do they? This ain't America. This ain't NASCAR. This is Emilia Romagna, made in Italy. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the bit of the contrarian guy on all the sports debates jokes. It's time to have ourselves a discussion. Ferrari are just washed up. This weekend was terrible. <laughs> Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc had a podium finish in the bag. He got undercut by Lando Norris, who went around him, and while he's chasing down Sergio Perez, trying to get that second spot back, he just. Throws it off in the chicane of Ariate Alta. You know, if I was really committed to my bit, and, and I, it pains me to say this because I, I really love me some Charles Leclerc, but it was just like if I was leaning into the bit, I would just be like, Charles Leclerc just doesn't have what it takes to win a championship. And Carlos <laughs> Sainz, oh, I should say, Carlos Barrichello should be oh, lucky that he got himself. That's an, a uh, hey, after, this, after these last two weekends, that's an insult to Rubens Barrichello. Oh, I'm wow. sorry. Man, how, how, you keep that man's good name out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was just a really unfortunate. It's been an unfortunate couple of weekends for Sainz. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, it, it kind yeah. of brings out the point that, like, yes, he did score more points than Charles Leclerc last season. But on most weekends, he's missing that little bit extra 2% that Leclerc it's, seems to have most weekends. That's fine. It's not fine when he keeps crashing. Yeah, can't um, do that. Yeah. Uh, merely a race on from foolish reactionary community declaring this title dead. Max kicked in the door and blew it off the hinge into Ferrari's backyard. <laughs> um, what I call would call the grander slam, because not only did he do all that, he also got driver of the day, which is, of course, oh, yeah. the most important <laughs> statistic of the day. Of course. Oh, yeah. um, the fan award. <laughs> it's more the fact that we, we've seen them kind of go back and forth. One car's a little quicker, one car's a little quicker in another spot. Mm. This weekend, Red Bull just blew the doors off everybody people are already talking about like if red bull sorts out this championship uh this this whole ferrari resurgence may just be another false dawn well Oof. it's the fact that they cut they cut the overweight uh the, the overweight of about 10 kilograms off of the red bull and damn damn that car looked good well um, good thing no one tweeted out ferrari won the first two races advantage yeah. locked in for years <laughs> oh, we're gonna get killed for this. <laughs> um, it's okay because the people trying to kill us are already all dead. Oh Jesus! Oh, okay. um, no. yeah. And to, to further expect well, more on them in a couple minutes, because good Ooh. lord! Oh boy! Um, in the red camp, yeah. 
Charles doesn't stink, but that was one of those errors that we thought that Charles had kind of worked out of his game going into this year. Given the start that they've had, he can't afford to drop points like that. Not after Red Bull gave him two free W's to yeah. kick off this uh, opening drive of the year. Mm. And signs. Signs. Bro. Carlos. What the hell? <laughs> Granted, anyway. being taken out of the race was not his fault at all. No. Um, Daniel yeah, Ricardo not. decided to uh, go full open, uh, full open lobby into turn one, but crashing out of Q two in uh, tricky conditions is just not. The he's leaving too much the, on the table, yeah. not only compared to his yeah. teammate, but he's letting Red Bull in. Everything yeah, this, was building up to the perfect weekend because ferrari's back and forth oh by the way did we mention this track is named after two members of the ferrari family oh yeah and ferrari had all their senior management in attendance yeah this round is more ferrari than monza sometimes and uh you know the tifosi was there in full force excited as hell that you know they were leading both championships Mm. There's some hope in this Ferrari camp, and they got completely hammered. Look, By a 42-year-old Zamboni driver? Who cares <laughs> for them? Look, they're, they're, it has Enzo and Dino Ferrari in the name of the track. Yeah. 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 Like, the, the, main, the main pit building has a massive church-style tower that is in Ferrari red, and at the top is... The yellow, yellow background, black prancing horse. This is literally oh, yeah. the Church of Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, literally the Church of Ferrari, and the heretics have moved in. I say we tear it down and we replace it with the Church of Dre. We're gonna have a throwback after after. We're Aston back. Weekend. We're back, baby. We're back. We're on Aston Martin double points. Aston Martin <laughs> double points. It's he not a shambles anymore. I'll talk about yeah, them but, at the uh, end, but I mean, look, look. The sprint, to a degree, spared Carlos's blushes on this one because it did get him back in line with what he probably could have done. That was a good sprint from Carlos to get back into something regarding competitive range, and he was unlucky to be taken out by Daniel in the race. But, yeah, Sainz is leaving a bit too much on the table. And look, you're right. Charles is an exceptional talent, but unfortunately, we're now evaluating Charles on a different scale. We're now looking at him as Charles Leclerc title favorite at man. this point. And yeah, he took one liberty too many. He look, Ferrari did him no favors on strategy during this race either by leaving it a lap too late to come in to change slicks. If they were to go, if you were to try and get ahead on track, they should have gone in a lap earlier, and they didn't. They matched Verstappen, and that was the that was a <coughs> bad idea. And then. Going for fastest lap and putting himself back behind Checo again, and yeah, it just didn't work. And look, he's just Charles, asking a little bit too much. Yeah, and look, there is no greater critic of Charles than himself. <laughs> He'll be fine. Like he, like he will. He's, he's probably kicking. He's probably throwing a tennis ball against the wall at home right now as we speak. Um, he'll, he'll be back, but that's the first real. Uh, dent in the armor for Leclerc's title campaign pretty much all season long. So it's a, it's a shame. But Ask me after do- Miami how things are going. And I, and oh. I can report back to you on whether or not they actually filled that fake marina with water or not. So are you trying to expense that uh, 3K uh, restaurant reservation? Get that nice sweet field farm? Oh, I, oh, I better. 
<laughs> Veal Palm. Honest, it was like, hey, yo, can I get can I get a plate of that uh, three three grand Veal Palm? <laughs> three grand Veal Palm and a little bit of bone marrow on the that side. That better just, give just... me. Look, if that if that piece of veal doesn't give me the visual of the food critic from Ratatouille, it ain't worth it. <laughs> so, uh, just for the listeners out there, there's an Italian restaurant uh, here in New York, and I and I do believe that uh, they do have a normal location in Miami called Carbone, and uh, it's it's a very upscale Italian restaurant. Uh, I'd say a meal there goes roughly they are two hundred dollars. Uh, though they're having a pop-up restaurant for the Itali- for the Miami Grand Prix. Oh man, not the Italian Grand Prix. They would not live with that. Uh, the the Miami Grand Prix and reservations at this place uh, at the pop-up Miami Grand Prix restaurant are going for three thousand dollars. Three thousand for for a bit of veal palm. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, that's a fourteen hundred percent markup for influencer Grand Prix t- for for influencer Grand Prix prices. What? Jake Paul's going to pay for like three seats. You know, it's going to be the worst. I'm going so, to oh, yeah, they are taking group bookings for tables of 10 for 30 grand. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. See? See? I'm more right than I realize, and I can't stand it. Right. Should we talk a bit about Lewis Hamilton, folks? Oh, <laughs> hey, yeah. I love it. Oh, no. Oh, oh dear. No. Lewis Hamilton spent, and I'm not joking here, 44 laps. Hashtag blessed. The 44 laps of that race, unable to pass Pierre Gasly. They are stuck in third. He was stuck in 13th place. It was 14th on the road, but a unsafe release time penalty for Esteban Ocon put him behind. Uh, that's about the only car Hamilton overtook all, all day long. Um, so he was lapped by race winner Max Verstappen, which I think would have nearly caused a nuclear winter on social media. Uh, Toto immediately got on the radio after the race and apologized to Lewis, saying the car was, quote, undrivable, Um, which, given that George Russell finished in fourth, I'm not so sure on that one, Chief. In the same weekend, he also had to lash out at the media to a degree. He, you know, there was... He didn't say it explicitly, but we all kind of knew he was talking about Mika Hakkinen, who said, you know... Lewis might leave the team and that he's probably sulking in the driver's meetings. Surprise, surprise, that didn't go down well on social media. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it's been a rough weekend for Lewis, to say the least. Um, just how bad are we talking here, gentlemen? There's so many parallels between this and 2009, um, mm. where in 2009, McLaren Mercedes, after winning winning the driver's championship, Lewis's first, coming in the new regulation set with a awful car. They patch it up, and by the second half, Hamilton gets two wins on the board, four poles. He salvages his season. And that's what I'm thinking the likely outcome is that Mercedes fixing whatever is ailing their car, whether or not they just decided to like take the hydraulics kit out uh, so that it just bounces up. And, do you know George Russell was complaining of back and chest pains yeah. while he was driving that thing to a fourth oh. place finish? Oof. That's wild. Uh, yeah. I think there is a possibility that they yeah. fix whatever's ailing yeah, no. on the summer break. No. And <laughs> Hamilton goes on a chair to close out my season. I will finish my point, but after four races, I think this pursuit of title number eight, it's a wrap. It's over. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, and like, I, I think looking at the grand scheme of this, you know, 
metaphorical development race, even if Mercedes is fixing whatever ails the car by the end of July. At that point in time, the other teams are gonna have are gonna make so much progress by that point. It's it's over. Cam, yeah. tell us why you're not think feeling so optimistic about it. Mercedes turnaround. <sighs> this car is pants. <laughs> um, you know when 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 Mercedes when Mercedes technical boys were saying before the season that one or two teams will get these regulations horribly wrong. I'm not so sure they expected to be talking about themselves. <laughs> um, there were upgrades on the car this weekend, and the porpoising hit such a severe point with those upgrades that they were having to lift on the straights to... Yes, I just said that. Lift on the straights to quell the porpoising. The car was breaking its floor stays. It was slamming up and down, grinding into the track so badly that it was blunting their straight-line speed, and Lewis couldn't do anything with Pierre Gasly, who really did not have a great weekend of his own. Yeah, as I said in my race report for Jalopnik, quote, Lewis Hamilton couldn't pass Pierre Gasly to save his life. He, and some of that was circumstantial. When you get stuck in a DRS train like that, there's not a whole lot you can do. Mm. But even when he was getting lapped by Max Verstappen, which we'll just ignore that, he couldn't follow Verstappen through to try to get around Gasly. Oh, yeah. Max Verstappen drove around him like he had four flat tires. Um, Oh, that's bad. That's not what I'm going to look at. What I'm going to look at is George Russell, who, again, we've said this a couple of times this year. This probably flattered Mercedes and that Russell more or less spent the whole race in clean air after passing Magnuson early on. Mm. The guys ahead of him all pitted for an extra set of tires to try and get the fastest lap point. And he ended up how far off of Verstappen? Uh, officially 42 seconds, according to the official race classification. 42, but 42 and a half seconds. 42 and a half seconds behind a Verstappen who basically spent half the race coasting. You're missing the best part, though. Sits tenths of a second behind him. Valtteri Botas! In an Alpha, in a Salfa Romalber. Yeah. The man who was so washed, so trash. And George Russell was having to pull out all the stops to try and keep him behind. Both of them were being run down by Kevin Magnuson and the Haas. (laughs) <laughs> look i mean they're missing yeah. so much lap time and i the the notion keeps being said oh once they fix the porpoising it'll be fine the ferrari slamming up and down at the end of straights too and they're a-okay yeah it's the porpoising is a problem it means that they can't run the car that low but even if they fix that and i'm not sure if they can how, there's no evidence here to suggest that they will be suddenly fighting for the lead. None. Um, the the performance gap to Red Bull and Ferrari compared to everyone else is such mm. that even when those cars are out of place, they just drive to the front again. It's like Verstappen and Lewis last year. Yeah. 
The top two are probably half a second on the field right now. At yeah. least half a oh, second. Oh, oh, oh. The top two cars, more. Yeah. Um, look, I... And when you look at across, they're not even the top Mercedes power team because, my God, McLaren, in the space of four races with no visible upgrades. Folks, it's time for us to have a referendum on our uh, previous referendum. <laughs> no, I'm still sticking with my previous referendum. I think this was just a weekend thing for McLaren. I don't think they've generally resolved all their issues. Oh, they haven't, but they got a podium king. They were five <laughs> seconds a lap off the pace in Bahrain. Yeah, it, it's it's a wild one. It's uh, And even off the track, it's just been rough. I mean, Hamilton has been very candid about this. Let's put it to you this way. If it was any other driver smoking their own team like this, like cups of piss would be thrown for, on social media. But because it's Hamilton, he'll get away with it. But well, because it's Hamilton, things... you now have uh, half of Twitter calling for Toto Wolf, who controls how much of the team? Two-thirds. Uh, to be fired, which well, is not how that works. Yeah, yeah, he owns one-third, and he controls the second-third by being the employee at Mercedes who controls the motorsport program. Well, according to TrustMeBro13.com, uh, they're getting out of the game. They're quitting. It's over. Yeah. It's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one's no, no, this. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when, when Hamilton is candidly talking about how this is his worst F1 car since 2009, and even, and even he won a Grand Prix in that car, at least, saying that he needs a second and a half to find and fast, and, you know, is going as far as to say that he's not fighting for the championship, which is what we all are here for when it comes to Lewis Hamilton. Like, I'm seeing tweets from people that are on, that only casually got into F1 because Hamilton was at the top, and now they're having second thoughts because, yeah, guys, he's not winning anytime soon. Like, th- yep. this is the re- this, th- this is this is the reality check, people. This is this is not a championship car. This is not a championship. This campaign. isn't even a win car as it's currently constructed. And the problem is, and this, this, there are examples of this almost every year in F one, but perhaps none as as blatant as this because the regulation changes were so sweeping this year. When you are building a car upon a concept that doesn't work in real life, and you hone it to death longer than anyone else has because Mercedes has been focusing on this car for so long because of their advantage in previous years. If you get it wrong, the road back is so long. Welcome to cost cap, everybody. Because, and exactly that, with the cost cap, they can't just dump half a billion dollars into the problem and solve it in half a year. Exactly. It's all... It, it, it's a long way back from here. It, it like it's like a lot of people have been tweeting me saying, "No, oh, well, if they just fix the car, it'll be fine." I don't even think it's that. It's just are we at the point where we're ironically having to ask like every week, "Have Mercedes fixed the car yet?" Like we did with Ferrari a few years back. Yes, we're at but, that. But it's, but it's this notion of-, of you who are not on our Discord server. It was a bit by friend of the show, Sasha, who, uh, <laughs> upon joining every call before and after an F1 race, would ask, have Ferrari fixed the car yet? <laughs> Time's a flat circle. 
So I was a flat sir. I was it was it felt weird because you know at the start of the season we genuinely had to say yes for the first time in years. Yes, (laughs) finally. Yeah, and 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 to that effect, Mercedes have generally been great at problem solving in their dominant era. They've never had this. I mean the the most problematic car up to this point is probably the 2017 car. And that started off partially because it was fairly overweight and because some of their suspension trickery got banned before the season, which hurt them. I would say hurt them and Red Bull more than everyone else and really helped Ferrari build, really kick off 2017 well. That's not this. This is bad. This is, this is very bad. This is very bad. And look, <clears throat> I know a lot of people dunked and clowned on Uncle Mika for his comments. And I do not appreciate that him, you know, talking about sulking in the meetings was probably a little bit insincere. But I will tell you this is a newsflash, people. You're talking to the Church of Dre. You're talking to the Sebastian Vettel fan of the internet here. If you think drivers aren't thinking about having one foot out of the door the moment they stop winning, let me tell you, you're kidding yourself. That's just not yeah. how these people work, okay? That, that's that's not just like it's not just a Formula One thing. It's it's a sports thing. Absolutely. Like, teams and organizations aren't loyal to their employees. Is LeBron employees... James finished? Is Tom Brady yeah. walking out of at the NFL? Employees shouldn't be expected to go down with the ship. If they want to jump ship, they have every right to. <laughs> Exactly. I, I swear, I'm pretty sure everyone in this call has had a job where they've had multiple bad days, and then oh, yeah. they've had a supervisor come up to them and say, hey, could you stay a little bit longer? I know things are bad right now. <sighs> oh, boy. Very relatable. Very relatable. Where does Lewis go? Yeah, that's, no the, that's the real issue here. <laughs> there is, uh, yeah. Other than home, doesn't have many options. No, like, and... Honestly, I think it would, like... For him to cap off his career, and especially where that team is at the moment, it'd be real interesting if he went home to McLaren. Mm. Uh, I mean, mm. uh, there's certain drivers in North America who wouldn't like that move. <laughs> a certain driver oh, in North America who's, who's, who's celebrating every minute of every day he's not driving McLaren because, I mean, even with them scoring a podium, they're not win contenders far from yeah. it. right yeah they're a long way off of that there's 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 no getting around that yeah look it's it's, it's mercedes look an extra struggle issues and like i said when you're struggling whether you <coughs> like it or not people are going to bitch that's just how sports dialogue works okay if you don't like it log off your twitter account for the day this is just how it's yeah. going to be yeah because um, honestly if you're happy and complacent about performing poorly in any international sport. Why are you there? Yeah, why are you there? Yeah, like you're kidding yourself otherwise. It's like I know everybody wants the Hamilton fan hive to be, you know, kumbaya and roasting marshmallows on the campfire. Sports don't work that way. Just trust me on this. And God listen gave to me his toughest battles. <laughs> <laughs> right. So how long the until sprints. they start saying these regulations were targeted at Mercedes? Oh, that's already happened. Already, yeah. Uh, Regulations. 
Um, we got some we got some different regulations this weekend. This was our first sprint weekend of 2022. Yeah. Uh, we had a first lap. We had a pass for the win on the penultimate lap, and it finished with relatively no incidents. Uh, relatively no incidents. I know Jolan Yu got into something uh, early on in the race, but folks. Y'all think the 2022 cars have improved the format? And do you agree with Formula One pushing for sit sprints in 2023? Like, uh, I, like I, I still have one issue with these cars. Uh, well, I'd say two issues. Uh, one, I think they're just way too big. They're just like, especially at mm. Imola, they look like trucks. Damn, that's huge. And based off of the actual Grand Prix, the early laps when the track is wet and there are le- there's less grip out there, it was fun to see these cars race against each other because uh, normally with these big, uh, stylized 70s massive tires, these cars have so much grip that it they pretty much look on rails with with you know with the down with the ground effects now. I can't disagree with that. Look, people... This is a little bit of a spoiler alert into the video that's going to be up, but I would say, look, people who bitch about this format watch it. Those who watch about it bitch. And all you're doing is giving Ross Braun all the, you know, the incentive he needs to keep pushing this idea. Getting roasted, getting posted. Look, and... I don't think this is terrible by any stretch. I don't, like, I'm still pretty neutral on the whole thing. I don't think it's terrible by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think it's an amazing improvement on what we normally have in a conventional weekend. But we as an audience have proven that we will watch anything meaningful. And when that happens, three days is going to be better than two. Especially when people love knockout qualifying so much. So you might as well move it to Fridays and have something on a Saturday instead because people will watch it. Uh, like, I, I'm okay. like generally, I, I I understand the feeling about wanting to move the sprint race to Friday, but it makes zero sense, especially when, like, you if you want to make it a self-contained event where what happens in the prior races don't well minimally affect what happens happens in the next race if you have a race on a Friday and the grid is set by something else. Like, the grid has to be set by an outside factor non-related to the race weekend. To me, that's the lie. You can't do that. No, it's not ideal at all. Look, I like the fact they've gone top eight scoring. I've always said they should they should add more points to it because 100 kilometers for a sprint race and then only giving three points for it, I think is silly. Uh, make it mean something. Eight points is nice. I like that. I, I still, It's not as aggressive enough as I would have it, personally. Yeah. Um, I'd I'd have it at GP2 slash F2 sprint levels at 15. I think that would be pretty neat. Um, uh, just take- yeah, I'd, honestly, I'd probably have uh, the top 10 score points in the sprint, and then in sure. the actual Grand Prix, extend that out to 15. Sure, why mm. not? I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, look, I, I don't think... I'm not sure whether this is better or worse. Um, I, I don't think the sprint was particularly remarkable, it, and I'm still... I still think it's a bit too similar to what we end up with the Grand Prix product. 
Um, I know a lot of people were like, well, Sainz has now got back into positions, which my response was, well, if he had the normal weekend, it would have all been dry. So you probably yeah. you probably wouldn't have gotten the same outcome anyway. It works both ways um, in this context. So look, it's... I think it's a wash as far as I'm concerned. I think, I think the cars are a little bit better, which will only help play to the format's aggression. Um, but on the whole, I think it's fine. I've got no problem with it. If they want to go up to six next year, I've, I've got no problem yeah. with it. But yeah, It's no, not it's, like we're going to have a say in this because who in the hell that makes any decisions is going to say no to more sessions that are structured like races, even though they're totally not races, you guys. We're always going to have more of this. Forget trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. We are already brushed this teeth, and now the toothpaste is just swashing around your mouth in a slurry of toothpaste, saliva, if you're brushing your gums pretty hard, maybe a little blood there, and anything else that's just being spit down the drain. That yeah. is the point we are at. The toothpaste is so far removed from the tube at this point. Yeah, there's there's no way back in F one's offices in London you have Stefano and and Ross Braun sitting in the office saying, Hey, maybe the fans are right. Maybe we don't need the sprint race. Maybe we should take the less money option from the T V broadcasters. Yeah, they're not doing that in association football. <laughs> they're not doing that in the NFL. Yeah, we we didn't we... I say this: We don't have to deal with max match congestion and F one, right? We could have twenty five races a season, right? Uh, <laughs> oh no, no, no! So finally, before we get out of Dodge weekend as a whole, folks, anything else leap off the page to you? Shoot your shit, people! Shoot your shit! <sighs> There's a lot here. Uh, can you put up a very, very good point about the weekend? Yep. Uh, these cars are awesome when they race each other in the wet. Like, you really you really get to see these cars on the limit of traction, sliding out of corners, struggling to brake. It is fun. Like, early on in the race, before things really started to dry out, we really saw close wheel-to-wheel racing, uh, even moments where we saw three, four-car packs. It was wild. Mm. It's a very good point. I loved it. There were actually points where people who were kind of new to F1 were just like, hey, I'm a little bit new here, but I I think the part without the DRS was actually better than the parts with it. I I don't agree with that part. Because when the track started to dry, and there was a clear dry line, and it was impossible to overtake. Because to if you if you pulled out a line to try to pass someone, the racing line is just automatically faster. And when things dried out completely, and the FIA were hesitant to reactivate F, uh, DRS, uh, like the racing was poor. Like there was no way to get around someone. Like, it's yeah. not like, oh, you need to work for an overtake. No, it's well beyond that. There was no way you could get a big enough like, delta to get around somebody. That's just one of those Zimola things. It, it's just, it's always been a place where overtaking's at a premium. And even with new cars, it's it's like that still. Um, I need to talk to you as the resident representative of the Yuki Sonoda Hive here on M101. We need to talk about the fact that he finished seventh. Um 
This was the place where in round two of last season, his rookie season, which started off so well, began to completely fall off the rails until about later on in the season. I want to say, and I know this may be recency bias, was this not his strong around, strongest all-around performance on a Grand Prix weekend? Coming back from a terrible qualifying position, position to, win, to do well in the sprint and finish seventh in the Grand Prix, that was that was outstanding. You know he's right, got right. more points than Pierre Gasly right now. Who saw that coming? It was about <laughs> damn time. Yeah, Yuki was great this weekend. From really from uh, mm. kind kind of started off the weekend a little shaky, but definitely made up for it in the race. How could we not give love to Kevin Magnuson to uh, fourth in time trials, uh, eighth <laughs> in the sprint? Ninth in the Grand Prix, despite a car that still doesn't have race pace, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, the Church of Dreams back! <laughs> we We finished eighth! We Damn. got points! points. Yeah, say, we really got off, got up off the mat. <laughs> yep. It, the, there was multiple articles like, hey, Vettel, you're a four-time world champion. Time to step up. Well... He finished eighth in a box. A complete <laughs> fucking sled of a car. Yeah. And Every shout out look. to Stroll as well for scoring the last point. Mm, mm. Double points finish. That car is a shitbox at the moment. Seb pretty much admitted as He said that eight felt like a win. Because he, he said he knew there was nothing more for that car to give, basically. Um, that was a superb result. Great comeback in the rain. Um Good to see a bit of a, a touch of class from Seb again in the field because he's a very easy guy to rail on given his situation. And but yeah, nailed this weekend was was outstanding. Great to see it. Look for Imola. This was about as good as an Imola race gets. Like this is this is a track with inherent problems with these sorts of cars. But in the <clears> April <throat> slot, knowing there's an increased chance of rain, you know what Europe you know what Europe's like this time of year. Um, <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. This was a this was a good weekend, and if you haven't seen the Formula Two and Formula Three races, I do highly recommend you go out of your way to find them because uh, all hell broke loose. And I think I should point out that F two and F three had dry races; they were not weather affected, and they mm. put on some of the best racing I've seen this year. Yeah, incredible stuff! Like, like go out of your way when, to watch when the people Uni say. Imola is a flawed track. No, Imola is not a flawed track. The cars are the problem. They're too big. Yeah. They, they are chunky boys, and that is a problem. But, hey, the rain made it more interesting. You know, it, you know the, the technical nature of Imola punished people that made mistakes, and we got some great pack racing as a result of it. It was very intriguing. This was a good Imola race. I will take that. Honestly, I'm... We're like three and a half out of four for good races so far this season. For F1, this is unprecedented. I will take this all day long. Um, <laughs> we had a guy, we've had back-to-back Grand Slams, and we've said on this podcast the races didn't suck. That's a good sign that we, that we were on the right track here. So as far as I'm concerned, good weekend. Um, and hey, we're going to Miami in two weeks' time. That's going to be fun, right? <laughs> 
Oh right? man, I'm so excited about the three grand veal parm. I'm excited about the fake <laughs> boats. I I am really hopeful that they bring the, the like the uh, the dolphin uh, sculpture from Marlins Park over to the front stretch of the Grand Prix track because that's where it belongs. Quite frankly. So what will be the Florida man headline for this Grand Prix? Something involving bath salts. Honestly, I, I, I love like I, when, when we do the race review, I'll talk about the the set for the for the Grand Prix because I have to say it is a set with the face arena. But I I know it probably won't happen. But deep down inside. I want one of the boats to to tip over. I want to lose it. It's a try and uh, speed off in one of the boats and then realize, oh, no, there's a water. No. What happened? (laughs) They couldn't do the influencer double boomerang Instagram dive into the water. It's just going to be, we're going to get like four broken legs. As a result of this story of them trying to jump into the water at the fake marina, it's going to be great. So that'll be Miami in a couple of weeks' time. Brand new track on the calendar. Very curious to see how this one rolls out. It's going to be a blank slate for everybody involved. Lots of simulator work. It's going to be fun. Please, but, uh, please come buy tickets to this, or else the Mar- or else the Dolphins guy is going to have to sell the team. Oh shit! <laughs> Can't have that. Yeah, it's either he'll have to sell the team or. Roger Goodell's going to force him to. Oh, no. Can't have that. Can't have that. Right. We'll be back in two weeks' time, F1-wise, for Miami. But stick around in this doubleheader, because coming up pretty soon will be our MotoGP review of the Grand Prix of Portugal at Portimao. And uh, whew, that was another spicy one in its own right. Uh, I think we can still hear Jack Miller torpedoing someone as we speak. Yeah, so until then... Please, you can find us one more time. YouTube.com for that's Motorsport 101. Facebook, same slash, same ending. Twitter, at Motorsport underscore 101. Um, our personal handles, one more time, at Harris101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, at C Buckley 917 uh, Instagram, Motorsport 101 pod on there as well. Our website, Motorsport101.com. Even more thoughts from me on both Grand Prix there as well. And of course, our Patreon info is on there as well. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Check us out if you haven't already. So we'll be back to talk about MotoGP in Portugal. But until then, I'm Andre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan Eric King, and Cam Buckley. And until then, Adavadurchi. Later, y'all. Bye. Intense bouncing intensifies.